Hey, what's up, everybody? Greatest show on dirt coming to you live from the Sweet Bee Studio. Today is Wednesday, June 26th. I am your host, Quentin. Yes, I did not get kicked off of iTunes. I just have been lazy and haven't recorded for the past two and a half weeks. So thanks for waiting. Hopefully, you haven't unsubscribed. I assume if you're listening, you're still subscribed. So thanks for that. I've pretty much just been a lazy bum and haven't recorded. And I'm glad to be here. And I'm glad you're listening. So thank you for that. Um, to continue with my bum-like status, today is Wednesday. I'm recording this at 1.20 p.m. in the afternoon, which means I'm at home from work. I've taken the day off. I've taken a leisurely day off. I've decided, Quentin, this can be a treat yourself day. Have whatever you want and live your best life. And that's what I'm doing today. As soon as I finish with this podcast, I'm going to go to the local pizza place. I'm going to order a large pepperoni pizza and listen it's it's napolitonin oh man i don't know italian my wife's not here to tell me listen napoli right is that's a naples naples or napoli or something that's the place in italy right i'm ruining this right now but there's a pizza place close but it's a 30 minute drive right so it's not close but i'll drive two hours for good pizza i don't care right? Pizza's my family. Pizza, I hold it close to my heart. Not just in the excessive caloric intake that puts a strain on my heart. I mean in like the, 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 in my heart in the sense of like spiritually speaking is where I hold it. Not just because I'm out of shape and have the greatest dad bod in the world, but I just love pizza, right? And I'm going to go to this place and I'm going to get a full large, the large pizza. I'm going to get uh, a two liter of Diet Coke because I'm obviously watching my calories, you know, and I'm going to eat the whole pizza by myself. I'm just going to sit there by myself, right? And that's what I'm going to do. See, me and the wife, we're going to a beach, but she's already there right now and I'm going to come after her. So she's at the beach living her best life. And I'm going to eat pizza and live my best life and probably take like a whole bottle of Tums. I'll just chew them all up before I go. I think that that's what I have to do like in my life, right? I treat my meals. Bro, I treat my meals like I'm warming up in a bullpen, right? So, for example, you might be a reliever. Name a reliever for your baseball team, right? Craig Kimbrell, he's a reliever. He's going to be a reliever for my baseball team. What's he do before he goes out to pitch in the ninth inning? He goes to the bullpen. He does little arm stretches, little arm wavy things or whatever. You know, kind of looks like he's using a shake weight. It looks a little perverted, but he's doing it to loosen up his rotator cuff. And then he throws some pitches, man. He's got to get warmed up. And that, that's what I do before I eat my meals, right? So before this meal, I'm going to go to the bullpen, which consists of a pretty big value size of Tums. I like the Tums with different fruit, fruit flavors in them because um, I like delicious things. Have you not been paying attention? I'll probably, I would say, you know, I keep myself on a pretty strict Tums count. Right. So being, you know, that I eat pizza about three times a week, I'll usually only eat about five or six tums before the meal and then about five or six tums after the meal. You know, beyond that, I just don't know health wise if it's, you know, healthy to eat that many tums. You know, I am eating tums to, I guess, like be healthy in the sense of I want to minimize my heartburn. 
But, you know, I assume it's like a a bad thing if I eat so many Tums because maybe it might be, you know, it's like a negative feedback loop. It could be unhealthy for me to eat so many Tums. But I'm going to do what I can, and I'm going to eat that pizza, and I'm going to treat myself. And if you're listening to this podcast, and maybe you're, you're working hard like I am, and you're working 40-plus, 50 hours a week, and you might say to yourself, hey, man, I need a break, right? Find your favorite place to eat and just go for it, dude. Like last week, I stopped by McDonald's, and I got two hamburgers – a 10-piece chicken McNugget with, like, three things of sweet and sour sauce because I love sweet and sour sauce. I would bathe in it if I could. And I went through the drive-thru, and I got my McDonald's. And I was like, my house is probably, like, 12 minutes from the McDonald's. And I was, like, I'm really hungry. I was, like, I was yearning for the food. And I told myself, I said, well, I can't wait to eat. And the McDonald's that I go to is next to a Walmart, and there's a big Walmart parking lot. So I took my McDonald's. And I went to the Walmart parking lot and I ate my food. And to me, like, I know, I know looking at that situation from the outside, you think it might be a cry for help because I'm binge eating McDonald's in a Walmart parking lot. But to me, my brain released so many endorphins and my waistline did get a little bigger. But listen, every great thing probably has a little bit of a negative side effect. And yeah, I felt great about it. Okay. I even dipped a little bit of my burger in the sweet and sour sauce, right? Live your best life and try it. Right. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. Let's get to the podcast. Okay, so twice in the past week, like two days in a row, Cody Bellinger has had women, girls, they're young girls I'm pretty sure, run from the stands and run out to right field to hug Cody Bellinger. And to me, listen, I've always, listen, I've always wanted to run on a baseball field, but like I'm a guy, okay, and I'm a big guy. So if I run on a baseball field, I'm going to get the crap beat out of me, right? Like the two girls that ran after Cody Bellinger, one was 14 and one was 18. And they're like these little tiny girls, right? So if you're a security guard, like you can obviously tell these basic girls like just sat down their Starbucks Frappuccino to go run at Cody Bellinger. And, you know, one of the girls even recorded it first person. This girl, this this broad recorded her running to Cody Bellinger first person. It looked like you were playing Doom on Nintendo 64. Like, it was, like, shaky. She's running. She jumps over the fence, but, like, she falls and then gets back up and runs to Cody. And then once she gets to him, she's like, could I have a hug? And Cody's, like, smiling because he's like, dude, I got, like, chicks are just running after me, bro. They want me, right? Did any guy ever complain about that? Absolutely not, dude. But like if I'm if I want to jump onto the field, right, and I'm a guy, listen, if I jump on the field, one, people are gonna think I'm creepy. 
like let's say the right let's say the right fielder for the Cubs, Jason Hayward. What if I run onto the baseball field, <laughs> record it first person, and then imagine me getting to Jason Hayward, this big, beautiful African American at like six six two fifty, and I'm like, Jason, can I have a hug? How's that gonna play out? Listen, security's gonna tackle me. If either one of them has like a billy club or a nightstick on him, don't think I'm not getting it jabbed in at least a few times in my stomach. They're probably going to choke me with it across my neck. And honestly, they might even hit me with it and just be like, he was a big guy. We thought he would resist. I might get tased. I might get pepper sprayed. And Jason Hayward's going to be like, uh, this guy's a weirdo, right? When all reality, like, why can't I get a hug from my favorite baseball player and look like a creep, right? I would, you know, because case in point, last night was the third time in the last week that a fan run the Dodgers that ran on the field in a Dodgers game, right? So the broads that ran after Cody Bellinger, I think both times, I think that was in Arizona. And last night, I think... I don't know if it's in Arizona or if it's in LA. Honestly, I don't know. But the 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 person that ran on the field last night was a dude. And I immediately like when I read the reports for like the girls running on the field, I was like, "Oh, that's cute, man. That's like the notebook style stuff, right? Like obviously these girls are running on the field and they're going to get arrested for like a misdemeanor charge, even though charges will probably be dropped because they're harmless girls and they're both cute probably. And it, it it's whatever. But then last night, a young boy, like a like a fifteen year old boy, runs on the field. Listen, if I'm a security guard, yo, I'm gonna be the crap out of him. So, yo, I'm gonna wear him out, man. I'm gonna beat him. I'm gonna get him into the concourse. I'm gonna beat him some more. I'm gonna call him a pervert. I'm gonna call him a, a, a whatever, man. And he's done. He's never coming to the stadium. It's game over. And that's how I know that if I went in there to hug my favorite player. That's what would happen, man. I do. Honestly, if I could give one player in Major League Baseball a hug right now, man, who would I hug? Honestly, man, I think I would hug Jose Altuve. He's like 5'6", like 170, right? He's not a big guy. And he seems like just a guy that I would want to hug and just like hold close you know, he might be the size of my black lab and I would just want to just be like, come here, Jose. And I know like if I hugged him because I'm about six two, his chest, I would embrace him in my chest and he his head would rest like right on my pectoral muscle, right around the nipple area. And that to me, I know it would be comforting for him and it would for sure be comforting with me just to hold him in my arms, you know? But then if I think about it, all six feet, eight inches of Aaron Judge, maybe I want to hug Aaron Judge. Or maybe I want Aaron Judge to hug me and take me into his arms. And maybe the comfort that I'm giving to Jose, maybe Aaron Judge would give me that comfort. And as soon as I was in the warm embrace of number 99 for the Yankees, things might go my way. It might change my week. It might change my life. Yeah, I could go either way, guys. Yowzers. Big time yowzers on the home front in Tampa Bay, St. Petersburg. So as it turns out, the Tampa Bay Rays, they got an owner and his name's Stu, right? So good old Stu, like three days ago, obviously had a great idea, 
but didn't think to run it by anyone else in his camp and asked MLB, to which MLB said, okay, Stu, permission to explore playing the Tampa Bay Rays half of the season in St. Petersburg, which is where they play, and then the other half in Montreal. Like, okay, that'll work because, um, I don't know, Montreal didn't keep their team. Tampa Bay, their fans don't watch it now. If they won't come to 81 games, then we should think they'll come to less games. Listen, this is crazy, and I get it, dude, that, like, for example, like, business-wise, like, if you have a store, right, like, I got a buddy that's got a pie shop back home, but his pie shop has limited hours, which means, like, the hours he's open, dude, people are in there, and uh, they eat pie. So one might say, okay, well, a great idea. Like, let's close shop a little bit. So instead of having 81 home games, dude, let's do, like, 40. And then, you know, we'll scale back the supply, and then the demand will go up. Well, Tampa Bay Rays fans... They don't feel that way. Tampa Bay Rays fans, they're real mad about it. There are Tampa Bay Rays fans on Twitter. They're like, I'll sell all my merch, all of my bobbleheads, and never watch baseball again. And I'm like, that might be an overreaction, but I don't know if it is an overreaction, you know? Because if I like... I could only imagine, right, I've never lived in a city where my team has lived, right? But I can tell you this, if the if the, the people that own the Chicago Cubs now, uh, Ricketts, right, if, if they had bought the Chicago Cubs and they were like, listen, man, we're going to um, move the Chicago Cubs and we're going to move them out to like... New Mexico, and we're going to call them, like, the New Mexico um, Rockets, okay? Listen, not only have you moved my team, and granted, I watch my team on television 99.9% of the time, because even when I lived in Illinois, I was, like, five hours from Wrigley Field, okay? But still, like, where Tampa Bay Rays fans are pissed, and a lot of people are like, well, what do Tampa Bay Rays fans care? They don't even show up to the damn games. Most people that watch Tampa Bay Rays baseball in Florida, they watch it on TV, right? And so, like, I guess some sort of logic might just tell you, well, if we play half the games in Montreal, like, what do you care? You still watch them on TV. That's not the point, dude. If you kept the Chicago Cubs the Cubs and moved them anywhere outside of Illinois, I'd stop watching. I'd be done. I would felt like you stabbed me in the back and ripped my heart out, right? That that would, one, like, cure my acid reflux, but two, like, I would die. So I don't even care. I don't even care what you say, man. The fact that you move them to me, that's you sliding me. You're, you're spitting in my face, right? You're, you're stepping on my pumas, as Chris Rock once said. I don't like it. And I don't want any part of this, right? So that's where... Tampa Bay Rays fans, dude, they're 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 mad, bro. And you know, they're gonna they're gonna fight Stu if they see him. They're super angry, okay? And there are some things to think about here. Right? So I've thought on this both ways, and I've come to no conclusion that makes sense, which shouldn't be a surprise to you if you listen to this podcast. But there, there are a few ways to look at it, right? Number one is the the simplest way to look at it is that the Tampa Bay Rays 
have and have had for quite some time the lowest attendance in the American League. They probably have the lowest attendance in all of baseball if the Miami Marlins weren't in a full rebuild, right? Check this out, dude. On March, two days at the end of March, on the 28th and the 29th, just like a month ago, dude, this year, with the Tampa Bay Rays, like, chilling in first place with Tommy Pham, they got Charlie Morton pitching, Blake Snell, reigning Cy Young, dude, Brandon Lau, um, Austin, Austin Hedges, Austin Hedges, the kid they got from the Pittsburgh Pirates that just slaughtering baseballs, dude, they're loaded. They got a lot of good guys. If Tampa Bay came to play like close to me, where like, like if Tampa Bay came to Atlanta and I had the day off, I'd drive my butt two and a half hours to go to Atlanta to watch the Tampa Bay race. I'd love to watch the Tampa Bay race on TV because they got stars, right? So, right, look at this. You got a first place team and anywhere there's a first place team, fans are going to come out. But, like, listen, why aren't fans coming out? Why on May 28th and on May 29th, the Rays had the two lowest attendance games in the history of the whole stadium? Both days, they do less than 6,000 fans. Do you want to know what the previous lowest attended game in St. Petersburg was for a Tampa Bay Rays game? It was like in 2017 when there was a hurricane warning. There was a hurricane warning, and more people showed up for that game than they did th- this these two games at the end of May, respectively, each game. Okay? So we got a problem here, right? And listen, I got a real good friend, Justin Johnson, who lives in Orlando. And if you do any sort of research on it as well, you will know that the location of Tropicana Field is in a really bad location. People can't get to it easily. So what you see is, you see really good numbers ratings-wise of people watching it on TV. You've got a, a pretty decent uproar on Twitter that would make you think that there are Tampa Bay Rays fans down there. And what I think, listen, I, for one, if Montreal's ever going to get another team, they need to be the Expos. I don't want half and half crap right? I want full throttle expo, full throttle expos coming back. That's all I want in my life, dude. Number one. Number two, I would really like if the Tampa Bay Rays and maybe Major League Baseball would learn from this, okay? Because we can look at the Tampa Bay Rays and say, dude, their attendance sucks. They're in first place. But relatively speaking, most Major League Baseball attendance sucks right now because for like the fourth year in a row, attendance is down again all across baseball. And I think Major League Baseball needs to get their stuff together and look at this and say, hey, man, what's the problem here? Okay, because Tampa Bay's not getting fans out, but they seemingly have a good team. I mean, they objectively speaking have a good team, but they seemingly have a really good fan base. And I think Tampa Bay and MLB, they need to look at these numbers and say, listen, why do we have a good product, but people aren't coming out to the games? They're watching on TV. We've got great social media engagement. But what's going on here, right? And one of the articles I read that talked about the location just being really difficult, interviewed a few people that were parents, had children, 
And one of the largest complaints is, listen, man, I go to a baseball game and, you know, I get a craft beer for $15. I get a hot dog for $7. And that's just for me. But guess what? I got a wife and I got three snot-nosed kids that want like their own hot dog and their own cotton candy. And guess what? That's another $14 per kid. So not only, this is what the parents are thinking, not only are these kids leeches in my life sucking me dry wanting school clothes and lunchables if i take them to if i go to a baseball game they want to go then if i go to a baseball game they want stuff right they want treats they want to have fun a normal parent can't afford that crap if i had two kids right now and i was like i'm gonna go to a baseball game and my kids are like daddy daddy can we go i'd be like no Daddy literally can't afford to take you to a baseball game. Now go mow the yard, right? Like save your money and you can come with me, man. I don't know what to tell you. It's really difficult. This isn't easy for these things to go. My personal belief with the Tampa Bay Rays is their problem is the location sucks and it's expensive to go to any baseball game. In what world is any hot dog worth $10. They make hot dogs out of like the gizzards and innards and scraps of like pigs that are like left over. It's like sweeping the the factory floor of like a meat packing plant and then whatever's in the dustpan putting into a machine and then putting like a casing around it to hold it together. That's what a hot dog is. And no world is that it, right? It's it's completely nuts. And what's even crazier? Listen, it, it's we're in June, man. It's hot to go to a baseball game. Tampa Bay's covered, okay? But I guess what I'm getting at is for like any other baseball stadium. You know, if you go to a baseball game, a water costs like $9 for a water. A water! A water! God's gift to humanity, a water. You're going to put it in a bottle and sell to me at a baseball game for $9.50 when it's already hot. You've seen how pasty I am. I'm dying out here. Water alone makes it nearly impossible to go to a baseball game. Dude, my skin is as white as chalk, right? My last name is McCree, right? We're like, my beard's almost red, bro. Like I'm Irish or Scottish or something through and through. This is hard. It's hard. It's hard to go to a damn baseball game, especially if you got kids, man. You know, like... I don't know, make you want to sell your kids or something, man. You know, can you leave a three-year-old home alone if you cover the sockets? Well, (laughs) baseball games are so expensive, I just might do that, man. Give it a shot, dude. Lock the kid in, cover the sockets up, and be like, don't die, man. I got a ball game to go to, right? This is going to make bad parents. (laughs) I don't know what else to say. It's hard stuff, dude. It's never going to work. If you're sitting at home, right, you're listening to my podcast, probably already bored out of your gourd. And you just really want to know, like, hey, Quentin, shut up. Is this going to happen? No, man. The city of Tampa Bay is already like, um, if you want to do this, like, we're not going to approve it. Like, we're, we don't want a team that's going to be here half and half. So it, it, it can't even get to the process of beginning to happen with a split in St. Petersburg and Montreal because the city's just not going to allow it. And old Stewie boy was like, if, you know, this doesn't work, I don't see baseball staying here and I don't see baseball moving to Tampa, which I think at least that tells me that this owner just really cares about 
making money now and doesn't really want to invest in the fan base. It's granted not very big, has invested 22 years in this team. And I'm looking at, you know, Stu, and I just want to shake him and say, hey, man, put some work into it. You know, the problem with the Rays apparently getting a new baseball stadium is that they want taxpayers to pay for it, but taxpayers don't want to pay for it because, one, this Stewart guy's really rich, and then, number two, everything in the ballpark is so expensive, and number three, they don't spend money. So even though Tampa's got a good team, there are obviously fans that are probably upset that they're always in the lowest in payroll. Like, right now, they're really good. Is that by accident? I don't know. But if they're as good as they are now and would spend some money, they might win a a World Series, get back to another one. I don't really know. But I can tell you this. I don't understand why a community should have to, through their taxes, pay for a ballpark. I don't get it, right? You have Stu, who's a rich private business owner who wants taxpayers to build him a stadium and then he's going to profit off of it for the next like 35 years and then if he decides to leave the stadium's just there it's sort of like what oh what's his face did with the Miami Marlins used taxpayer money to build Marlins Park and then was just like used it as a money-making venture form and never even really tried you know because it's crazy to look back at the Marlins and be like you guys had Marcelo Zuna, Christian Yelich, Giancarlo Stanton, Derek Dietrich, J.D. Real Muto, Jose Fernandez, plus the pitching that they've got now. It's just sort of like, shoot, man. You guys could have really been good, I guess. But that I don't understand. Dude, I'm not like my cousin Josh listens to this show, man. He's an accountant. Maybe he knows. Dude, if you know, shoot me a text. But I don't know why taxpayers should ever have to pay for a stadium when, like, the team is, like, privately owned and all that stuff. You know, I don't want that, man. You know, I want to be part owner, you know, like they do at, like, Walmart or something like that, right? Like, you, you buy stock in a thing. Can you not be part owner? It's bonkers to me. I think they're drunk. But the, but that's the scoop in Tampa, man. It's not going to happen. But the alarming thing is it doesn't seem like Stu really wants to put any effort into keeping baseball in Tampa if this – Montreal Tampa split doesn't work and that hurts me man I don't I don't like it at all I could only imagine what I would feel like as a fan if my team was ripped out from under me and honestly it's a bad look with baseball and truth be told it that Major League Baseball and Stu they all need to work together to say hey like we have a problem here in Tampa and it's the same problem that most of MLB has which is attendance not showing up and what can we do to fix this you know it could be like a marketing campaign it could be, you know, players doing more in the community. You know, I think a lot of it runs into, you know, making the experience more affordable to people, less intimidating financially to people. Those are the things to look for. I believe so. Not good news this segment. Jordan Hicks, torn UCL, St. Louis Cardinals reliever, St. Louis Cardinals closer, towards UCL. He's a Texas kid, throws 104, does it with ease, does it with regularity, Stellar dude on the mound. He's There are a few pitchers in Major League Baseball that are must-watch, and Jordan Hicks has been one of them since he came into the league last year, but it looks like he's going to miss the rest of this year. And next year, it's been announced that Tommy John surgery is going to happen. You know, the St. Louis Cardinals are pretty deep in their bullpen, so they'll be fine. This is only going to hurt them that much, but it's just a bummer for Jordan because 
I, I love to watch him pitch. Everyone loves to watch him pitch. You know, the movement on his stuff, you know, when you can throw a 101.5 mile an hour sinker, uh, you throw like a 90 mile an hour changeup or something like that. I mean, he's, and you know, I don't think he's forcing himself throwing hard. And I don't know that, but that 105 has just him throwing, you know, 105 like at his max just means just always meant that he was going to have to have Tommy John surgery. You know, Roldis Chapman never had Tommy John. Nolan Ryden didn't tear his UCL till the last start of his career at the age of 46, you know. So I look at this, and, you know, on one hand, it, it is super impressive what guys like Nolan Ryden and Roldis Chapman could do, throwing as hard as they could and just having that durability. And, I, you know, I thought when Jordan came up last year that, like, you know, you always are concerned with that. So I guess I did think that at one point, like, oh my gosh, like, is he going to have to have Tommy John because he's only 21 and he's throwing so hard? But I mean, like, those things happen. Like, Johnny Cueto had Tommy John surgery pretty recently, like last season, I think. So, you know, I don't, I don't think this is here. Okay. Jordan Hicks even said it himself. He was sort of like, and obviously, I'm sort of at a loss for words with this because I really just wanted to inform you guys about it, but I don't really know what else to say about it. You know, it seems Jordan Hicks is is pretty positive. You know, he did say if it's going to happen, like it's good that it happened now. And, you know, I it, that's that's awesome. You know, Jordan Hicks does seem like a eternal optimist, always a glass half full dude. And that's, I think, what makes him so fun to watch. And, you know, if he misses the rest of this year and all of next He's so he's 22 right now, I think. So let's say he's gonna miss all of his 23 season. If he comes back at the age of 24, you know he's he's gonna be in good shape. One of the things to consider is his service time. His service time clock will still be ticking. So this isn't going to lay his free agency at all. Okay. So right now, oh, okay. So he'll be 23 in September. So he might, so yeah, he's not going to pit. So he's basically 23. He'll be 23 at the end of this year. He'll be 24 at the end of next year. So he'll probably pitch maybe the spring after he turns 24. You know, it's a guy that was a third round pick. Last season, he threw about 70, you think 71 or 77 innings, which 77 innings, you know, might be a little too much. To probably do that to a 21 year old that throws as hard as he can. And, you know, he might might have not been ready for that, you know, for a grueling major league schedule. You know, it's a kid that went straight from double A here. But ultimately, I think it's any more Tommy John just seems like an inevitability. So I don't really think I show any fault to like the St. Louis Cardinals for like mismanaging him. Because if he threw 50 innings last year, and was going to have Tommy John surgery, you know, it just would have been at the end of this year or at the beginning of next year, you know. So it's a good thing to get it done if the surgery holds up. I hope he keeps his velocity. I think it's one of the interesting things is, you know, our elite heavy throwers that we can think of, you know, probably really haven't had to have Tommy John surgery and have to deal with it, you know, like Nolan Ryan or Roldis Chapman. You know, these are guys I'm talking like in the elite, like 103, 104, 105 ranges. But so it'll be interesting to see if that holds up. Um, but I know that that's a bummer, dude. I'm super, super not cool with it. We posted on our Instagram, I think. But if you go to the St. Louis Cardinals Twitter, you can see the Mike Trout 
Jordan Hicks matchup from their series, you know, the Albert Pujols series that we just watched. And it's the view from like behind Mike Trout. And it is fun to watch. I could like, I could totally burn hours at work just watching Jordan Hicks throw baseballs and, you know, just not get anything done. It's good stuff. But so Tommy John surgery, that's sort of what we're looking at with Jordan. We'll see where we're at, but otherwise we'll probably see him in 2021. All right. Power rankings. I've made a list of power rankings. Whatever, dude. They're probably wrong. I'm sick of hearing about it. Don't want to hear about it. If you got a problem with it, tell me what your top five teams are. You know where to find me on social media. I'm going to put the Yankees as my number one in my power rankings. I'm going to do it. You know, you, you've got them in the Dodgers. And I, I know that the Dodgers have a better starting rotation at this point, but the Yankees are just so deep offensively and have a have really, really strong bullpen. I mean, it's sort of like the Yankees have done what they've done without Judge and Stanton, without Didi Gregorius. I don't know if Miguel Andahar, if he's going to come back this year. I have no idea. But, like, here's a prime example of what you get with the New York Yankees, right? So, Glaber Sanchez, <laughs> Glaber Torres, and Gary Sanchez, each of those dudes, like last week, right, homered in three straight games, Okay. Usually, if you've got a guy that's homered in three straight games, you keep him in the lineup. It makes sense. You know, you're going to play the hot hand. If you got two of the guys, I'd just go ahead and keep him, right? Glaber Torres, one of the best second basemen with the baseball bat, all the league. He was a number one prospect with the Cubs system. Gary Sanchez, the best catcher with a bat in all baseball. Okay, you're going to keep those guys in. But Aaron Boone, like, sits him. I don't know why. I guess he was just like, guys, have a day off. I know you're hot. I'm going to walk away from the table. And so those guys sat, and Gio Urshela and Austin Romine, they start the next day. And both of those guys hit a home run. And that's what you get with the New York Yankees. They're so deep in the dugout offensively that you got guys that slatter, that slaughter slatter, Slatter baseballs, and then when you put them on the bench, their replacements hit home runs. They've homered right now in an MLB record 28 straight games, and they're just still going, right? I, I get, like, the, their weakness is their starting rotation. That's a problem, dude. But I can tell you this. The past two starts from CeCe Sabathia, he's striking out, like, nine guys every six innings. He looks good. He's going to be good for the clubhouse. James Paxton, he's pitching like butt. I truth be told, I didn't like the acquisition at all when they got him. J.A. Happ, he ain't pitching that great. Tanaka, Tanaka's Tanaka, dude. He'll, you know, he's like Mitch Williams, dude, but a starter. He'll he'll treat you good and throw like a complete game shutout. Then the next game, throw two innings and give up eight earned. <laughs> I don't know what to think about it, man. That's what you get with Tanaka, dude. It's a true crapshoot. You just never know. But I, I think they'll get a starter. Here's You want to know what I'm really interested in, dude? Listen. So, in 2017, the New York Yankees, dude, they passed on Verlander. A lot of teams weren't interested in Verlander because, like, it was sort of, hey, Verlander is getting old. He's getting old. He's owed a lot of money. Like, he doesn't look that great. Like, the season before wasn't that hot. Like, we don't really want him. Right, a lot of teams passed on him. The New York Yankees most notably did. Well, the team they lost to in the American League Championship Series, the Houston Astros, 
they were like, we'll take Justin. Right, and he proceeded to like go undefeated to end the season. And safe bet led the Astros, pitching-wise, to a World Series victory, dude. So now Brian Cashman's like, like you know, like any fantasy baseball owner where it's just like, oh, I messed up. I'm about to, I gotta, I gotta fix this mistake, right? You know, how many times when you play fantasy baseball, you know, you don't pick up Jason Vargas, but then he throws a complete game shutout. So you're like, oh, I'm going to get Jason Vargas now. But then the next start, he goes two innings and gives up his own eight earned, right? Well, Cashman's like doubling down. He's like, listen, I passed on Verlander and it probably cost us a World Series victory. I'm in trouble. And I think in Brian Cashman's head, He's pretty much like, I'll do anything to get Max Scherzer, right? Listen, Max Scherzer, there aren't really a lot of game-changing pitchers right now that will that could be on the market. Listen, you got Trevor Bauer, dude. I was super bullish on Trevor Bauer to start the season. I picked him for the AL Cy Young. It's not happening right now, and because Trevor Bauer is such like, this weird emotional dude— it's it's a crapshoot putting him in Yankee Stadium because he could do really good or he could sort of be like Sonny Gray. I don't know, but he's all over the place with walking people. His control's off. It's Bauer's not going to be your guy. Bauer's not going to be close to Verlander, right? And then, like, you got Madison Bumgarner, and I like the idea of Madison Bumgarner, you know, sort of being like that John Wayne Paul Bunyan dude who can do whatever he wants in the regular season, but when the postseason lights are on, it's a whole new ball game, and he does whatever it takes to win. That ship may have sailed with Madison Bumgarner because his peripheral numbers, you know, hard hit rate, batting average against fastball velocity, they all tell you that, well, that that that, that ship has sailed. It's gone and Madison Bumgarner is not going to help my team, okay? But Madison Bumgarner, at least the last start he had, if not the past couple, he's been adjusting his pitch selection with success and throwing more curveballs. So that combined with, hey, having Madison Bumgarner in the Bronx, you're putting him on the biggest stage, and we already know what Madison Bumgarner can do on the biggest stage. So... If, if you're a Yankees fan or your team needs a pitcher, Madison Bumgarner, he's scary. He is for sure. But if if the market will treat you right on, you know, what it takes to get him, you may as well get him, right? If you're, you know, if you're a Cardinals fan, if you are a, I don't know where the Padres are. If you're a Padres fan, you know, what other teams are fringe? Maybe if you're like a Tampa Bay Rays fan, because I know the Rays have fallen out of first place, and I assume that the American League wild card, because the Red Sox aren't always going to be like this all season, it's going to get pretty heated. And, you know, if you're like the Astros, you want to look at a guy like Madison Bumgarner. But Max Scherzer is that guy, and I feel deep down, one of the fun things to watch is we get to the July 31st non-waiver trade deadline, is one, will the Nationals sell on Max Scherzer? And then two, if they say no, will Brian Cashman just to continue to like offer stuff to let the Nationals unload him? Apparently, here's what will happen. If you want to know if Scherzer is going to get traded, I think here's what you're looking at. I read this on the internet. <laughs> uh, 
it's believed that Mike Rizzo, who is the Washington Nationals general manager, would probably be okay with trading Max Scherzer because the return would be huge, right? If you're looking at trading Scherzer, he's got years of control and it's got a deferred salary. And you would get a ton of prospects back. So if you're talking to the Yankees, you you could get a guy like Clint Frazier and more for Scherzer. Right? So a Max Scherzer trade for the Nationals would change the Nationals for the good. They would get so much in return. I don't know if the Yankees have pitching prospects, but you could get pitching prospects back for Scherzer if you're shopping a trade for him. But it's thought that ownership for the Washington Nationals will not let Max Scherzer go because they want him to be their first Hall of Famer. Right? Bryce Harper's gone now, so like that's not going to happen. And they want something. They want somebody that could stand for their team. Baseball's huge on that. The nostalgia factor, right? Griffey Jr., Pete Rose, these guys have statues outside their ballpark. Ernie Banks, Ron Santo, not Sammy Sosa. This is a little the way stuff goes. So I'm just excited to see this unfold because I just wonder, like, dude, will they shell Scherzer if Scherzer's a Yankee? Dude, if if Scherzer's a Yankee, imagine Scherzer being a Houston Astro. Wrap your head around that. And, (laughs) dude, so, like, if you're Cashman and you're, like, you want Scherzer, but then the Astro somehow got him and you didn't, dude, that would be nuts. Scherzer Verlander on a team, Scherzer's a game changer, man. I... I, I want to see him move because I want to see him in the postseason. The Nationals suck, and they're not – they may make the postseason, and maybe they don't suck. I shouldn't say that because the Nationals, like, if you look at the names on their lineup card, you're like, dude, yeah, yeah, man, like, they're good. But it's not really happening for them. Didn't happen for them last year, and this year they seemingly seem like they're the same baseball team. So, you know, we don't even know if Scherzer's available. Obviously, the Giants will be searching Bumgarner. It's a rental. Brian Cashman and I believe probably other teams' GMs are going to be pretty adamant about not giving up a lot for a rental because it looks to be that the rentals available this season aren't top tier. Okay, so the Chicago Cubs got a role as Chapman as a rental, but he was top tier lockdown 100% certainty. And he was, and the Cubs won a World Series, but you don't get that with Bauer. You're not getting it with Bumgarner. And then what do you want to talk about? Dylan Bundy or Andrew Kashner? Like, no and no. Like, whatever, man. Like, get out of my face with that. You know, you'll see. Also, you'll probably see a lot of talk as the waiver thing comes up about. You know, relievers and stuff like that. I don't really know relievers that are available. I've heard that the Padres could make Kirby Yates available, which you might as well because he's pretty much a surprising dude this year. Who knows if that'll hold. And the Giants also have a guy named Will Smith, right? Like, the Giants have a Will Smith reliever. The Dodgers have, like, a catcher named Will Smith. Like, I love Will Smith, dude. And all these guys are named Will Smith, man. Like... Will Smith Summertime is one of my favorite songs ever. Like, every wedding I go to and they play Getting Jiggy With It, I'm like, yeah, let's get after it. Getting Jiggy With It. Getting Jiggy With It. Love it. But it's just weird those guys who name Will Smith. But one of them will be traded because he's a reliever for the Giants. Um, You know, the All-Star Game's coming up. dude. I'm about to end the episode. So sit your ass down and keep listening. It's about to be over. 
Yes. Oh, I never finished my power rankings. Oh, I got the Yankees one, Dodgers two, Astros three, Twins four, Braves five. Top five, take him to the bank. I think I'm 100% right on him. I think if you don't agree with me on him, like I think it's you, not me. <laughs> Whatever, dude. All-Star Game comes up July 9th on our Facebook page and a little bit on Twitter, Instagram, but mostly on our Facebook page. You can find us. Just search for Greatest Show on Dirt on Facebook and you'll find me. I think if you have to do it with like an at symbol, I think it's Greatest on Dirt. Could be Greatest Show on Dirt. I don't know, dude. Just go to your toolbar and your Facebook phone. Type in Greatest Show on Dirt. I'll come up. Right? And I'm sort of... um you know, talking about previous All-Star Game moments that have happened. the I've already uploaded two, you know, memorable All-Star Game moments. It's good, right? I got to have a social media following. <laughs> um, the first one I uploaded for memorable All-Star Game moments was in, oh God, I don't remember what year it was when Randy Johnson threw over John Crook's head. Dude, that might be, if that's not my all-time All-Star Game moment, like it's my second and it's so funny because did he throws this pitch? I mean, you know Randy Johnson can throw a hundred. He got that crossfire delivery. He's got the mullet flapping. He's six foot eleven. I would be scared. And John Crook was legit scared. So the video I uploaded, it shows the hole at bat over his head. Him like swinging at pitches. He just wants to get out of the batter's box. John Crook is visibly shaking. I love it. It was just a good time, dude. And then the second one I uploaded, which was just this morning, was Pedro Martinez in the 2000, in the 99 All-Star game. He strikes out, he pitches two innings, he faces the minimum, and strikes out five guys. And those included in those five guys were Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, Jeff Bagwell, Barry Larkin. I don't remember the fifth. And it was just impressive performance, dude. And you can always look back on Pedro Martinez's stats and be like, he pitched really good in the steroid era. That is amazing. Those just shiny, slick, curly hair hanging out the back, man. He was sort of just like pinky off next Friday. Phenomenal stuff. And then another moment, which I haven't uploaded yet, was Bo Jackson's home run where Ronald Reagan is with Vince Scully in the box in like first pitch. Bo Jackson hits one. It was an all-star game that was in, I think, Kansas City. Am I right about that? And he hit the ball over the crown. I know this. At least once Bo Jackson hit a home run over the crown at Kauffman Stadium. But I think the all-star game was in Kansas City as well. Great all-star game memory. Um, that's it, dude. I'm out of here, man. All in the show. We're at 46 minutes. If you made it through this episode, God bless. Oh, huh. The Marlins have the third best starting rotation in all of baseball, and they're not selling at the trade deadline. Looks like they're building a real good team. I mean, like, seriously, they're not going to sell. Um, and they got young pitching, man. Do you believe the Marlins have the third best starting rotation in all of baseball? It's greatest show on dirt. Have a phenomenal day. I hope you listen to this and don't do crap at work. And I didn't cuss a lot. I don't think I cussed at all. So you can even let your kid listen to the podcast. Thanks for listening enjoy the rest of your day enjoy some baseball i think game three of the college world series is on tonight michigan vandy i'm going big blue on that one because big 10 i'm from illinois i guess i don't know who should win it's good baseball to watch if you're not watching the college world series it's a blast super fun to watch have a great day later dudes